0: Welcome to episode four of the Dog Pound Podcast. We got a great show for you today. We're going to be recapping the boys' basketball team's playoff loss on the road at Whitman in an epic overtime game. Churchill ends up on the losing end, 65 62. Ahead on the show, we'll have interviews with Churchill's super fans, Joel Goldstein and Vinny Correa. We'll talk about the student section experience of that game, plus the officiating minute with Ethan S. Miller. That's all coming up on Dog Pound Podcast. Alright, welcome to Dog Pound Podcast. I'm Jake Kerman, joined by Ethan S. Miller, who was also at that great game at Whitman last night, and still catching our breath a little bit, trying to get our voices back. That was a crazy game.
1: Incredible. If you weren't there, you missed out on the best game of the season. For all you Bandwagon Warriors fans, I'm telling you, you missed the best game of the night at Whitman. <laughs> it, was, it was a thriller. Down to the wire, buzzer beaters, nail biters. The crowd was into the game. Even Stu got involved. It was. I'm telling you, Jake. It was. It was a thriller.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of take you through what happened in this in this exciting whirlwind of a fourth quarter. We're gonna pick up our coverage of this game. Four minutes to go, fourth quarter, down by ten, and all of a sudden the Bulldogs come roaring back, fueled by the three point shooting, especially. Of Donovan Williams and Brad Leventhal, which made this a close game near the end, and uh, that has turned into a bit of a free throw shooting battle. Uh, Churchill was fouling Whitman, who kept knocking shots down the line. The Bulldogs were able to keep formulating responses at the other end, getting three point shots to fall. The crowd was slowly getting more and more into it. Ethan,
1: yeah, that's what happens when you have veteran senior leadership. When you're when your top when four of your top five starters are all seniors. You know, they're, they're used to hitting that big shot. So for Brad and Donovan to come down the floor and to keep it close, even when the game seemed at times maybe out of reach a little bit, it was as great as it was. You, I mean, you, you you couldn't be surprised. You see these seniors, it's their last game. They're fighting yeah. for
0: every minute on that floor. The heart of this team really showed at the end of this game, really? I think. So So fast forward now, 10 seconds left to go. Churchill goes down the court, Brad Leventhal puts up a three, it rims out, and to the line goes Jack McClellan for the Whitman Vikings. McClellan absolutely torched the Bulldogs today with 24 points. Really surprising uh, for a guard that's very undersized. He shot the ball extremely well from the field, and he goes to the line, hits the first to put Whitman up by three at the time, but misses the second. Churchill gets the ball, comes down the floor. Brad Leventhal puts up a three. It misses. Michael Schultz and Jared Robinson fight for the rebound under the basket. It was able to squirt out to Donovan Williams on the perimeter, who was able to get the quick release and sink a buzzer-beating three to send this game to overtime. I talked to Jared. I asked him, how, how did the ball even get out to Donovan? Um, he just knows him and Michael were scrapping forward on the baseline, and the ball bounced the right way for him. And so wh- what do you think of this play?
1: I mean, this this play was spectacular. Um, the heart, the grit, the effort, as we said, it was it was all
0: there. And we'll have more on that shot in the officiating minute coming up, whether uh whether or not he got fouled there. So we get to overtime, and that's where things start to turn against the Bulldogs a little bit again. And they started off very promising. Reeve Machete finally was able to get some scoring inside against Max Oppenheim, the big man for Whitman. But then a a controversial sequence that really, really, I think, decided this game. The Bulldogs up by two. Brad Leventhal drives to the basket into triple coverage. And it certainly looks from a lot of angles in the stadium like he is fouled on that play, like he's hit with both the body and the arm. He goes down. There is no call to be seen. Comes down the other way, and McClellan drives to the basket and gets an and-one on a block charge play. And that fouled Reed Machete out of the basketball game in addition. To giving Whitman the lead that they would not relinquish from there. So, th- what what do you think about this sequence?
1: I mean, it was it was a huge turn of events. We're gonna get to that iffy, n- not even iffy, that downright horrendous call more in my officiating minute. But this re- disregarding that call, which was was terrible.
0: <laughs> save this for the save this for the minute, Ethan.
1: I <laughs> trust me, you'll hear a lot more. You'll hear a lot more. So make sure to. Stay tuned in, but back 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 to the play. It was Reed was huge all game, and for him to be fouled out on on such a iffy play is really difficult to see. I mean, he wanted this game as much as these seniors did, but you knew you knew that Churchill had a chance. I mean, you saw you saw the free throw shooting from Whitman. You know that it was. I mean, their player their player missed two two bunnies, two bunny free throws to keep Churchill in the game, and you knew that as bad as, I mean, as important as that turn of events was, you knew they were going to eventually Yeah, and the,
0: the the bunny free throws you're referring to, I accidentally skipped over earlier. Before I picked up that coverage with 10 seconds left, Whitman had two free throws that they missed at the line, then Churchill went down, couldn't score, but was eventually able to tie it up. So we fast forward to about 10 seconds to go in the game after Churchill... Followed the scouting report to a tee in fouling Max Oppenheim, uh, the center for the Vikings, who's usually... I mean, they're, the Vikings are a very good foul-shooting team. He's the one that you're going to foul, though, if you're going to foul somebody. And he was able to sink all six of the free throws he attempted in this game, most of them in the fourth quarter and overtime. So that put the Bulldogs behind the eight ball. They go down the court, ten seconds left and Brad Leventhal hoists up a deep three that doesn't go, but again, the Bulldogs are able to fight for that offensive rebound. Michael Schultz doing work inside, finds Brad Leventhal in the corner, but he just cannot get it to go as the game expires, and the Bulldogs are extremely deflated. What a tough way to lose this emotional game.
1: Yeah, Jake, it really was, but regardless of how this game ended, it was a fantastic season for the Bulldogs. The amount of effort and heart they showed in this game, it wasn't just a one game a one-game fluke. They they played hard every single possession of every single game, and they have plenty to be proud of. I've yeah,
0: as much as much as this team can be happy with what they accomplished this season, you have to be left wondering, though. Um, this team knew its potential and knew how great it could be, and despite the great effort they put on the floor tonight, they just ran into a hot-shooting Whitman Vikings team, and they'll be a little bit disappointed at this loss, as any team would be. All right, coming up next on the Dog Pound podcast, my interview with Churchill super fans, student section, prominent figures, Vinnie Correa and Joel Goldstein. And after that, we'll have the officiating minute. Stay tuned. So I'm here today with Vinnie Correa and Joel Goldstein, two seniors who probably self-proclaimed super fans of the basketball team this year. Went to every game, I think except for yep. one, was it?
2: Yep. I went to every game. He, uh, he's not a super fan. <laughs>
0: So so guys, where would this Joel. game where would this game against Whitman rank among your craziest games you've been to as fans this year?
3: Wow, I'd have to say it's definitely the best high school game I've ever been to in my four years. You know, I've been like a fan since a freshman and I've gone to every game, but this game was definitely the craziest I've ever been to. You know, playoff game, energy, it was absolutely amazing. Definitely one of the best games I've ever been to.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, I went to, you know, as we said, every game this year. I've been, I went to a lot last year and, you know, sophomore and freshman year, but this was by far probably the best sporting event I've ever been to. It, you know, it's the energy, the actual game being played. You know, it could have just been a bad game, but it was, it was a great game, and it was, yeah. it was the best game I've been to. So,
0: so, obviously, very highly emotional game, lots of twists and turns. Like, what do you think was what decided this game in the end?
2: Uh, you know, at, at the end of the game, you saw Whitman was making all their free throws. We, throughout the whole game, and honestly throughout the whole season, I think those was one of our biggest issues was free throws. We just did not make free throws. Um, and you know, when it, when it got down to it, it was a three-point game, Whitman was making their free throws, and we were not. So that's, that's what it came down to, I think.
3: Well, I really thought we actually played an outstanding game. You know, we came out with a sense of urgency. We played with a lot of passion, a lot of heart, and the guys fought really hard. Um, you know, I thought we played well. I thought we shot well from the three. You know, obviously Donovan and Bradley with a lot of, a lot of clutch threes in the last couple, uh, two minutes of the game. You know, I thought they had like, what, five threes combined, something like that in the last two minutes. You know, Donovan, of course, at the buzzer, beater just sent an OT. But yeah, I really think free throws made a big difference. You know, they were like all oh, around 90%. We were around 50%. And, you know, obviously the refs made some bad calls, but I thought they were, you know, bad on both ends. the spectrum you know some favoring us some favoring Whitman but the scouting report was to foul big 24 they did that but he made the free throws so I mean not much you can do there
0: so I know I know that we had a great road student section in that game very loud I know my voice is still a little bit hoarse from that but do you think if the game had been at home it would have been a different outcome
3: um, I, I would say so, just because there's always something about playing at home that's different than playing away. You know, I think our student section showed up. You know, we, we were a big presence against Whitman's student section. You know, we are both really into it, really passionate and, and um, excited. But I think at home, the players just have a sense, like have a different feel. And they will always play more confident at home. And I, I think they would have really came down with a W if the game was at home. So, but well, unfortunately, that's just how the standing came out and the seating. So. Yeah.
0: And we'll talk about that because actually it was the private school wins that put yep. women ahead. And we'll talk about whether that should even be. Um, all right, guys. This Churchill team, obviously, very good this season. Much improved from last year. But in the end, a little bit disappointing that they lose in the playoffs in round two like this. What do you think were your favorite moments, guys, from the season as a whole?
2: Uh... I think the first the, the first game of the season at Northwood, you know, I was planning to go with Vinny and my friend Ryan, and I thought we were going to be the only kids there, and we got there, and there were a bunch of Churchill kids there, and we all sat there together, and, you know, it was obviously a kind of lopsided game. We beat them by, I think, 30, so and that, was, that was just a great way to kick off the season, and it was a lot of fun seeing a Churchill student section really cheer on a Churchill team like that because, you know... You're not going to expect many kids to come out to Northwood on a rainy Tuesday afternoon. So it was great to really see that we do have a true student section here. and We do have school pride.
3: Yeah, well, I definitely really could not have asked for a better senior year season. You know, the team was absolutely great. Coach Bean, outstanding coach. So is Coach Eskin. You know, and our, our team really always played with passion. They always played with heart. They just really had a great desire to win. And we had a lot of success. You know, we kind of started off to a rocky start. Um, you know, after our, our wins at Northwood, we kind of stumbled. You know, lost to Kennedy, lost to Prep, lost to Wooten at home. But after that Wooten game, they really turned things around. You know, won an 8-0 uh, win streak. They, they were playing outstanding there. You know, they really looked like an outstanding team. And unfortunately, yeah, second-round playoff loss is tough. But I think they have a lot of build-around for next season with the returning starters. So I think the future is bright. Yeah.
0: Well, they, they are losing a lot of key seniors, though.
2: Yeah, I keep that in mind. I, I think I think Ryan Leonard and Reed can definitely make a big impact. They did this year, and I think they can continue to build on this. And you know they do have some depth uh, on the bench. I, I think Calvin can play Calvin well. Calvin Piker. Yeah, Calvin Piker, and Jordan and uh, Jordan and Jake could really play well too. Yeah,
0: there are a lot of returning juniors, just as many I think as seniors that left, but they didn't get a lot of minutes this year. All right, thanks so much, guys. Yep.
2: All right, thanks, thank Jake. You, thank you, Jake.
0: Right, to wrap up this podcast for the boys' basketball season, I know Ethan has been hinting at this a lot in the podcast, that there were some very questionable officiating last night. Um, it's obviously a, a hard, hard job to do. Nobody envies it. But with that said, last night there was certainly a few things left to be desired. And, Ethan, now's your chance.
1: And you know what, Jake? I'm absolutely infuriated. This, These officials, they blew it. The women's scorekeepers, they blew it. By adding an extra foul to Donovan Williams' game, when clearly both the book Churchill book and the scoreboard had him at four fouls, I mean you can already say there that clearly that is that is at the at the at best worst communication at worst clearly blatant. But the second part, the officiating, there were a couple of huge plays that they missed. That charge, Donovan got fouled. I mean. You can go on and on. You can list so many things that these refs did. But honestly, it's just a shame, Jake. There's so many seniors on these t- on this team, and it was their last game. And for it to be the- in the refs' hands and for them to blow it for these seniors, it's just sad to see. Because these seniors deserved deserve good officiating. And you know what? While they didn't get that all season, the referees didn't deliver.
0: Yeah, and, and a couple things... To sort of, to sort of clean that up. So what you're referring to is Donovan Williams, without a minute to go in overtime, was called for his fourth foul of the game. Unfortunately, the Whitman scorebook somehow had it as his fifth foul. We're not sure exactly where. Quite a
1: coincidence. Quite a coincidence. We're not sure where
0: the where the disconnect came in, but that was certainly something that frustrated Churchill fans and players alike, and very quizzical that that would happen in such a big game in such a big situation. Uh, another factor that might have swung this game, though, is you know there's a, there's a theory that you know the referees might figure might favor the home court team, and this goes back to a big issue: Whitman getting home court in this game because of their wins against non-conference opponents, non-public school opponents, that are factored into the record. Perhaps that's a de- big a bigger debate we need to be having on a different podcast on a different day. But for now, thanks for listening to Jake Herman and Ethan S. Miller recapping this devastating loss for the Bulldogs. And we'll see you for lacrosse season next on the Dog Pound Podcast.